and good evening and welcome to another episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio. Back after the week off last week, it is season two, episode 34 of By All Means, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. And you can also visit them at millcreekmetroparks.org for more information. You can find us on Facebook, Western Reserve Radio, on Twitter at WR underscore radio. You can also download the Live 365 or TuneIn app or just head over to westernreserveradio.com as uh, we await an appearance by our scheduled guest, Brian Tonar, Director of Golf from Mill Creek Metro Parks. We're just going to bring Mr. Craven in until he joins us. And uh, it's been a couple weeks, sir. How are you? Outstanding. It's a warm October. I can, I can live with this. But it's it's supposed to be you know fall. I enjoy I, fall. I don't want it to be fall. I don't care. It's cold. I don't like it. It's wet. All that mess. No, this is perfect. Speaking of that, let us try and go to the phones, and hopefully we are joined by Mr. Toner. Brian, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, it is good we- to hear your voice, man. It's been a little while. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, doing well. Enjoying the uh, nice Indian summer we've got here at the late end of the fall season and uh, getting a lot of golf in and just finishing up our schedule for the 2021 season. Hard to believe we're at the uh, tail end in the fourth quarter here. You know, just because it is fall, there's still lots of rounds of golf to play and a lot of things going on at the Metro Parks. Certainly is. We've got uh, our family fun nights, so we'll continue through this month. We've got, uh, we just started our fall junior golf camp last weekend. We've got two more weeks set of that. Uh, Just finished up a uh, U.S. Kids Tournament here, the the Tour Championship for the state of Ohio. And we've got our PGA Hope Program, which is a new program here on uh, next Tuesday, the 19th. Uh, we'll have about 24 of our veterans from the area and teaching them how to play golf and just basically giving them a uh, thank you for all they do and, and all their support and our freedoms that we have. So I, I know we're obviously ex- experiencing a much you know warmer start to fall. Is there any way you and the golf course staff can kind of project maybe how long the course will be open or you just enjoy it while it lasts? Well, like like anything, it's up to Mother Nature. She ultimately has the uh, the final call on anything that we do. But uh, you know, we're we're hopeful that it'll it'll last up until about Thanksgiving, uh, somewhere around in there. We usually like to stay open as long as we possibly can, uh, as long as it's uh, okay for the turf conditions and the you know the, the quality of the grounds here. As long as we can uh, establish. Uh, good safe environment for growth going forward we will be open Um, historically we've always closed the south course mid to late october kind of kind of right around now but since we had the uh the addition of the cart pass on the south golf course it's enabled to it's enabled us to expand our season a little bit longer so we're, we're thinking probably around the 15th of november so we've we've gained at least another full month if not more um, and then the biggest challenge is, you know, keeping up with the leaves. I know our guys have been on that uh, 24-7 from the moment they get in the door. Uh, they blow off the golf course, they go out and cut it, and then they continue to blow it off until they leave at uh, 3, 3.30. So uh, it's a daunting task for them, but we're going we're gonna to stay open as, as long as we can. The Par 3 course uh, will be open to the end of this month. Historically, that always closed uh, end of September. Uh, so we've, we've expanded that season as well about by a full month. So it's uh, – certainly great to have the opportunity to uh, continue to play and, and the way that the weather's gone the past couple of years you know we've really seen a, a shift from spring into the late fall which i think is spectacular from a weather condition standpoint and then you you basically have some of the greatest vistas in the in the park with the leaves changing and and uh, autumn here at the mill creek metro park so it's uh 
it's a it's a great time for golf. I can tell you that. And and that's the thing I know. I mean, there was the pumpkin walk last weekend. And if you're not uh, into playing golf, there's still a lot of different things you can do uh, across the metro parks. There is. The recreation department has a full slate of stuff. We've got salsa dancing. We've got polka dancing. We've got trolley tours that will go through the end of this month. We have recreational hikes. Uh, we have the Metro Mutts, and then we have our pinnacle for the Golf and Recreation Department, uh, Christmas at the Mill, you know, that uh, that uh, weekend of Black Friday going into uh, the holidays to really just kick off the month of uh, December, and then that rolls into some winter activities here at the park with the sled riding in, in December, January, February, depending upon uh, what, the, what the snow conditions are, but... Uh, it's an exciting time to be at the Metro Parks. I mean, you know, just the, the change in the season, you know, certainly makes for a, uh, a unique opportunity to get out and explore the, the Metro Parks as a whole. You know, jumping on a trolley ride, going down to Lily Pond, going to Fellows, like you, like you said, for the pumpkin walk. There's some spectacular things going on, and it's uh, great to be a part of it. And when you look at it, there, there's so many different things. And, you know, a lot of people may think, well, you know, it starts to get cold. It, it's it's not the time to visit the park, but th- there's never a time not to visit the park. No, I agree with you. And, I, and, you know, we've talked in the past, like the moment that you pull into the Metro Parks, whether you're you know going to play around the golf, going to go see Lanerman's Mill or go to Fellows Riverside Gardens or um, any of the outlying areas of the park, you know, you sort of decompress a little bit. It's a great uh, opportunity to be able to relax, uh, enjoy Mother Nature. Uh, Volney Rogers, you know, when he started the Metro Parks, you know, we're fortunate to be the first park system in the state of Ohio um, that was established. You know, his vision and what it's allowed us to do and grow, you know, through recreational opportunities or outdoor opportunities or horticulture. Um, has been spectacular. We've got the Metro Parks Farm. We have disc golf now. Uh, it's something that uh, came aboard a couple years ago. Uh, archery, you name it, we've got just about everything covered. So um, just to, it's, it's a fun time to, to be able to come out and enjoy, you know, the, the great weather. You know, it's, you know, unseasonal that we have, you know, weather like we've had today in this past week and in past two weeks where it's 75, 80 degrees and the extended forecast the next 10 days other than a couple raindrops here and there, it's, you know, there's eight or nine days of sun. So um, the only thing that we're up against on this, on this part of the year is, is daylight. Um, it's unfortunate that it does, you know, start getting dark at six thirty, seven o'clock, but uh, you know, people have been making the most of their time, whether it's hiking on the, the hike and bike trail or East golf trail over, over by the golf course, there's been a frenzy of activity, and it's great to see all the people. And one of the things I saw in the news recently, too, is the, the Metro Parks is expanding with some newly acquired property. Yes, it's uh, going to allow us to expand into uh, a, a, an additional piece of Mahoning County. Um, and, you know, similar to what we have at the, uh, if you look at the uh, Wickers Nature Preserve, McGuffey, Preserve, uh, what we have out on uh, Western Reserve, the Collier Preserve, uh, just named it for the Collier family. Um, you know, any anywhere, any part of the Mahoning County, you'll have an opportunity to uh, test the waters in the Mill Creek Metro Park. So it's nice to be able to expand and and, and be part of that. So it's it's. I haven't heard the the final details on uh, what's going on there. We have a board meeting this evening, but it's uh, going to be spectacular to to be able to expand the footprint and, and offer more opportunity to the people of the Mahoning Valley. One of the things we always like to talk to you about is the the PGA season, and uh, it's been an interesting year this year. There's been, you know, some rivalry between some of the the newer names in the golf course. I know what the the challenge is is coming up here closer to Thanksgiving with some new participants. It's been uh, another exciting year on the tour. 
It has. It's really been the passing of the torch. I mean, you, you look at you know what the U.S. was able to do and becoming victorious in the in the Ryder Cup uh, to be able to win on American soil is certainly paramount. Uh, but I think you know most importantly for American golf, you know, being able to win events like that and being able to dominate with a very very young team uh, from a Ryder Cup standpoint, when you have that nucleus for probably the next. 10 to 12, maybe 14 to 16 years, really bodes well for the, the golf in the United States. And I think, you know, with, with Tiger, there's been some pictures of him uh, popping through and, and Phil being able to win the, the PGA Championship at 51 years of age. And, and Tiger gets back and, you know, gets his leg all healed up. We've seen uh, some shots of him on the driving range. You know, it's just going to be a major boom for the game of golf. And, and, and beyond that, you know, the senior tour with Phil Mickelson, I think he's played in four events on the senior tour and won all four. So um, it's really the passing of the torch. You know, you'll see Tiger and Phil, you know, really spend a lot of time being captains of President's Cups and Ryder Cup teams. And, you know, to be part of the nucleus at this year's Ryder Cup with uh, Captain Steve Stricker. Uh, really makes the game of golf in uh, really good shape, and, you know, especially when it comes to some of the younger players and, and, and the passing of that torch, getting them ready. One of the big stories today was, you know, the announcement that some some bonuses and some some purse totals are are going to start increasing. And uh, the biggest one is the Players' Championship going from fifteen to a twenty million dollar purse, according to some reports. Yeah, historically that players championship is the strongest purse in uh in professional golf and 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 no slouch, you know, the last couple of years obviously when when covid came aboard in 2019 put a put a damp in into some events being able to host events and not having any crowd at the gate. Uh so it's nice to be able to see the PGA Tour and the game of golf bounce back. I know from our perspective and and you know, I, I've said this to some folks around here. When Tiger Woods came aboard in 1997, 1998, he brought three million golfers with him. Uh, Post COVID, uh, with the COVID shutdown, they brought uh, 6.8 million new golfers to the game of golf. So the golf right now is in great hands, and to be able to, you know, reinvest in the, some of the PGA Tour events, all they do play for a ton of money. But it's nice to see the purses expand because that means the game of golf is growing. The popularity of the sport is right where we need it to be. And, you know, getting folks and families and, and you know, veterans and females and, you know, every, every diverse uh, background into the game is great for the game as a whole. So anytime you can grow your fan base, you can grow your sport, it's, it's mightily impressive. And the thing that impresses me is the – play from last year that we've had uh, an abundance of people you know coming to the game of golf that either you know stepped away and, and had a family and, and just really didn't get back into it or new people coming to the game you know to be able to see them come to the game last year and really transition for their second full year into the sport has been has been awesome from a PGA professional standpoint to be able to grow the game to grow your footprint and to grow the pie in the Mahoning Valley has been spectacular not only here at, at Mill Creek but you know talking with the area PGA professionals as well they've they've showed the same amount of growth so it's certainly exciting and it's certainly exciting for all the programming that we have here first year ever that we've sold out of every program that we had uh wow. park-wide when it comes to recreation and golf activities camps clinics and schools so you know we're, we're certainly riding some very good momentum right now you know, I saw a note that really just kind of shocked me uh, about uh, talking about the, the growth of the sport. Arnold Palmer made about $3 million on his entire career. Yep. The winner of this year's players in March will win around $3 million for one tournament. It, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? And, you know, 
I, you know, obviously uh, Arnie's left us, but in in his his name and his business ventures, he's generating eighty million dollars and still not and it's not on the planet. So you know the, the game of golf because of him, you know, in particular, it is one of the reasons why it is where it's at. He, he brought television to the sport of golf, uh, brought masses and brought common people to the game of golf, which is. You know, it started out as an elite sport. Now it's for everybody. So I'm excited uh, to see where the game's going with PGA Junior League, drive, chip, and putt, and tournaments, and and activities for everybody across the spectrum. You know, like I said, golf is in a great spot right now. I gotta ask you because we've known each other for a long time. You gotta be pretty excited. Your alma mater is playing some pretty good high school football. I'll tell you what, if they if they can hold on, I'm looking for uh, week ten against South Range. I think that's going to be probably the game of the Moaning Valley in the past probably ten years. If both of those teams can come in ten at zero, uh, it's, it's impressive to see what uh, Caffey's been able to do. I've been uh, had a couple games here and there, and he's just he's impressive. He, re- he reminds me a lot of L.J. Scott, just a. Uh, bigger-than-life player and, and just seems to get the job done. And the numbers that he's putting up are, are outstanding. He's almost got uh, 2,000 yards for the year. So, you know, they, if they can stick with it and play some good defense, I expect them to make a nice run into the playoffs. And, you know, the shocking thing about it, you mentioned L.J. Scott. Officially, he's around <clears throat> Excuse me, he's around 1,000 yards behind L.J.'s single-season rushing record that included several playoff games. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. I think the sky's the limit with him. You know, obviously they probably want to keep him in a, a lot this, this week. And, you know, if he, if he plays well, he's going to have a, a shot at uh, cracking 2000 this week. And I think he can make some ground if he has a good game against South range. And then if he can squeeze, you know, two, three, four games out of it, I think he could challenge that number for sure. Before we let you go, Brian, how can people get a hold of you to book around the weather supposed to be beautiful for the rest of the week? Any anytime that uh, you jump online, you can go to our website MillCreekMetroParks.org, or you can give us a call here at the golf shop three three zero seven four zero seven one one two. And if you're a veteran and want to take uh, part in our PGA Health program, I've got a couple spots left uh, for next Tuesday. Free instruction. We got a little lunch. We've got some trolley rides for the family and some nice gifts provided by the Mahoning Valley Hospital Foundation. So we're we're happy to be one of two in the state of Ohio. Brian, appreciate it as always. I'm sure we'll talk to you a few more times this year. Thanks for, uh, as always, being part of everything we do here at Western Reserve Radio. You got it. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate your support, and the facility has been uh, a benefactor of all that you guys do there at Western Reserve Radio. That's our friend Brian Tonar, Director of Golf at Mill Creek Metro Parks. Again, if you'd like to book a round of golf, head over to millcreekmetroparks.org. You can book a tee time right there on their website. Coming up, we will talk some high school football, let you know what games we're going to have here on Western Reserve Radio 1 and 2. And our broadcast partner with Sports Radio 1240. We might even you know, tease a little bit, let you know where we could potentially be for a big Week 10 game that is coming up in the Valley. And again, big thank you to Brian Tonar, uh, one of the sponsors here on Western Reserve Radio and on By All Means. We always enjoy talking to him about all the great events going on at the Metro Parks. So we're going to take a timeout. We'll dive into that high school football. Then coming up later on in the show, our friend Josh Fricketic from the W. WKBN TV Sports Department will join us to talk even more high school football. That is all right here. By all means, Western Reserve Radio.
Right back here, by all means, Western Reserve Radio. Mark Mainch, Jim Craven, back with me now. And look at the games coming up this weekend here on Western Reserve Radio. We've got Springfield and Jackson Milton. Western Reserve Radio 2, Sports Radio 1240. As a game that uh, my colleague, my broadcast partner, Tim Cotnenza, is fired up about because as a uh, as someone that uh, grew up in the Boardman area, he knows and uh, we know all of what, no matter whether they're both 4-3 and three or they're both 7-0, and oh, we know when, uh, when Boardman and Fitch get together in anything, it's always a big game, and we're looking forward to that one on Friday. Yeah, and it... And yeah, they're both ranked right now. So these are two playoff teams, especially with the expanded playoffs. So these are two local teams that we could see in, in week 11. Yeah, and it's interesting because we saw Boardman a couple weeks back when they played Warren Harding and just couldn't get the offense going in that game. And then, uh, you know, they've got a chance to be at home to take on an Austintown Fitch team, which is kind of, they've been up and down a little bit this year. And, uh, you know, they have the capabilities of putting up a lot of points because they are loaded offensively. Yeah, Austintown, an interesting team. They've gotten some huge wins this year. And then I anticipated that they would be competitive, Campbell would be competitive with them, but I never foresaw the end of that coming out the way that it did. So looking for consistency there especially when you're getting this late into the season and you're looking for playoffs you shouldn't really be having those hiccups but you know you don't know what injuries were there you don't know uh you know what what players were in covid protocol or, or whatever the situation might be and you know these are big games the final two weeks for our area division two teams because Fitch is eighth harding is ninth borman is 12th so Still got a chance to be at home for that opening round. Yeah, there's a lot to play for. Uh, and again, if you whether you like the playoff setup now or you don't, I mean, these, these are matchups, at least in that division, that could be really competitive. They could be interesting games. Uh, but I, I don't think that's going to be the way, all the way down when you start looking in our area. But certainly, you know, some old Steel Valley teams getting in there and kind of excited about that. And the thing that's intriguing for those three schools I just mentioned, they're all going to match up. Fitch is going to play Borman this week, and then they go to Harding next week. So really, you know, all of these teams have their their playoff destiny in their hands. Yeah, and I'm sure the coaches are telling me our playoffs start Friday. They don't start in three weeks. They start tonight. We have to win. We have to have certain things happen so that we can have these advantages, you know, whether it be home field advantage or or whatnot. So I'm sure that they're harping on that. Uh, yeah, because and especially if you're a boardman at 12, you know that that could go either way. Yeah, and it's one of those where I mean, we talk about there's a lot of big games down the stretch, and then you turn towards you know Springfield, who's moved to number one in their computer region, uh, Division Six Region 21, at seven and one. And you look at the next two games on paper at two and five, Jackson Milton and one and five Sebring games, they will be heavily favored in. You wonder, you know, how Coach Guerrero and Coach Brungard and that staff, you, you got to keep them focused and you got to keep them healthy, knowing you should go into those next two games, one at home and one on the road, that you should win. And this is the challenge. This has been the challenge, at least for Springfield, for the last three years. They have blown through these regular seasons. They really haven't been challenged. Now this year, in Week One, they played a South Range team that I, I think we all anticipate is going to make a deep run into the playoffs. Dan Yeagley has that team playing phenomenal. They got some talent there. So you know, and, and in Week One, they had some things that you looked at, you thought were weaknesses: the slow starts, the questionable offensive line play. Well, those things that were 
that were their weaknesses in week one have now become their strengths. They're getting out to fast starts now. I mean, in some quarters, we, it's been 28 nothing. 21 nothing. You know, it, it was 6 nothing last week. And, uh, you know, we thought, well, this is going to be a competitive game. Well, that wasn't going to be the, the situation. But um, it, this is tough for any coach. But, you know, with any successful program, you have to be able to keep them me- mentally focused because, you know, again, Jackson Milton, I don't think is going to give them much uh, of a challenge. And, uh, you know, Sebring, uh, you know, they'll have to make that trip out there. And, you know, you talk about, you know, and, and we've been around it, both of us, the last two years with them making trips to the, the state championship. And the thing that's, that's exciting about it is, yeah, the one name that's consistent has been Bo Brongard, but his weapons that he utilizes have really changed around him since his sophomore year, and they just continue to plug players in and win. Yeah, and, and there's guys like Shondell Gardner and, and and Bob Gessler and I talk about him all the time. We saw him as a sophomore, and we saw with the capability he had as a sophomore this year, you could see the improvement. It, uh, you know, he has no fear across the middle. He goes up for balls. He's fast. He uh, had a punt return for a touchdown last week uh, and, and an, uh, a reception for a touchdown. Uh, but, you know, you look at now we see another player behind him named Dylan Sheely, who's a sophomore, who's now getting into that four wide receiver set. And he may become the next Shondell Gardner. And one of the problem, or no, excuse me, one of the advantages you have with a team like this is you're going to have blowouts in the first half. Your young players are getting varsity experience in the second half. Sometimes middle of the third, all the way to the end of the game. So the development part is there. And that, that so that makes it so efficient. Hey, you and I have been working together too long because that's actually where I was going to go with my next question is it's one of those where, well, sure, you can develop, you know, on the freshman team, you can develop on the JV team, but there's nothing like being out there getting varsity experience for, you know, a quarter to sometimes two quarters because in a lot of those situations, you may be playing still against the other team's ones as they're trying to get some points on the board. Yeah, and it's the speed of the game is different when you get to the varsity level. The pressure is different because now you have two thousand people in the stands staring at you playing the game. So if if you know if you're cognizant of that, that can that can kind of skew you a little bit. But this has been the pattern for them, and every year we see in that third and fourth quarter that next up and coming skill player. Now, Bo Brungard, eh, this is the end for him. I mean, he's going to go on. He's already committed to Youngstown State. And uh, I'm sure everybody's excited about that. But, you know, right now it's who's going to be the next guy to step up. Um, and they have, they have a young man uh, who's about 6'3", 190 that's waiting in the wings for him. I know you had a chance to see Southrange way back in week one, and you have not had a chance to see Hubbard play yet in person. But so many of us anticipating that being a 9-0 and matchup in week 10 – but, uh, of course, Hubbard still has to get by Niles on Friday night. And I believe Southrange plays either Lakeview or Jefferson. So that's a game they will be heavily favored in. That game will be played uh, you know, at Southrange in, in Week 10. And either one of those teams, even though they're in the you know top five, top eight of each of those regions, they could really jump with a victory like that, especially Southrange. If you're a Division five school and you beat a Division three school in Hubbard, there's a ton of points there. Yeah, there's something to play for still. Uh, you know, that, that security getting into the playoffs. And, you know, Brian Hoffman, Dan Yeagley, you know, two of the best in the area to do it. I believe uh, Coach Hoffman just became the winningest coach at Hubbard. So, and, and then, you know, the people that he's following up to do that, you know, it, it's absolutely impressive. So a week 10 is going to be a huge matchup. And if nothing else, if, if there were, if there were no playoffs in question or 
no, no, nothing to go with this. It would still be exciting just because of the talent. You got Dominguez, the running back for South Range, who has been outstanding. And then you got TC Caffey, the running back for Hubbard, who's just been putting up the Madden kind of numbers. So it could be uh, this. This is going to be a big collision. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it is. Uh, South Range is on the road at Lakeview coming up on Friday before hosting Hubbard. Uh, the the following <clears throat> the following Friday to wrap up the regular season. And, I mean, you look right now for, for South Range, and they definitely have an opportunity. Lakeview may not get them a lot of points, but uh, they would have an opportunity to maybe, maybe jump Kirtland to get that number one spot. Kirtland's only played seven games. South Range has played eight. But right now, the disparity is about about four points between Kirtland and Canfield because we know that league that Kirtland plays in is loaded. Yeah, if you're good in that league, you're just good, period. There's no question. And, you know, the, these two teams have met in the past. So, I, and I, I know these young guys know in their mind, you know, we're, there's a distinct chance we're going to run into them again coming up this year. And, and Kirtland, you know, it just – Play, a perennial playoff team but you know it's so south range has become that too we every year we see them making it you know deep into the playoffs and you know another team in that region we have to talk about for a moment is you know joe simon's liberty leopards they're five and three they won one football game last year they sit now in the 14 spot with two games to go so he's really got them talking playoffs in his first year and there's some excitement about the program. I think he's getting some players to come in that maybe weren't there before, but he's proof that coaching makes a difference. Sometimes just the change of voice in that locker room makes a difference, and I think that's absolutely proof right there. The problem for Coach Simon's Leopards is, and I don't know if you saw my reaction when I saw the schedule, is uh, they finished the year with two games at home, which is always good, but, but they are against LeBray. <laughs> And Garrettsville Carfield. Oh yeah, LeBray, man, they they have developed quite the receiving core. Out I was there. shocked how how big they beat Brookfield last week. Yes, and I'd seen Brookfield in week two. They're they're a physical team. They will they I mean pound for pound they're going to fight with you. And they, so I was a little bit shocked to do that. And Garrettsville Garfield is just what a great addition to this area for that team. We we you know we got to see them in the playoffs a couple times. They're the real deal. That's a great program. Yeah, that is an absolute loaded loaded region with a lot of really good teams. So again, it is Jackson Milton and Springfield on Western Reserve Radio 1 and it's Austin Town Fitch and Boardman on Western Reserve Radio 2 and a Sports Radio 1240 to wrap up week 9 already of the high school football season you know we oh it's the fastest 10 weeks of the year and it flies by but boy it does yeah and it's a little odd this year we started a week early and then you go to a game last friday it's october and it's 72 degrees at kickoff i mean and i'll and i'm not complaining but oh, no. get, make, make no mistake the weather's been great i for the first love this weeks. so maybe they're on to something here i maybe this is okay I, I can deal with this we'll have to see i know there's a pretty good chance of some rain for next for this friday's game as long as it's just rain and not that other word that makes us delay and, you know, and only get half of a game in when we start our broadcasting career. Yeah, you know, when does like that, that ever happen? Uh, what are the chances of that? Uh, it happened about six years ago, if yeah. I do remember right. And a trip speaking to of, Speaking of things that go fast. So that'll do it for this segment. We'll take a break. When we come back, our buddy Josh Fekedek will join us. It's you. It's a, by all means, sports radio. 
miss an episode of By All Means, and you could miss a lot. To the radio play-by-play voice and our buddy back from here at Youngstown, it is the voice Fitz. Everett Fitz, you, my friend, how are you? Man, it feels good to hear your voice again, Mark. Everything's going well and definitely uh, excited to be back on the airwaves uh, briefly for uh, here in Youngstown. By All Means, Tuesdays at 5, right here on Western Reserve Radio and streaming live on westernreserveradio.com. Right back here, by all means, Western Reserve Radio. Time to go back to the phones. Our friend Josh Fikedek from WKBN-TV Sports Department is joining us. And Josh, can you believe it? We sit here on the precipice of week nine of the high school football season already. It happens every year, and I know we say it all the time, and everyone talks about it. It's the fastest 10 weeks of the year, and it absolutely is. It never ceases to amaze me that it just goes by in a blink of an eye here. What are your thoughts on just the way the Valley has played uh, in this uh, this season through the first eight weeks? It's been a competitive eight weeks, and there's been teams that I think that have done some surprising things. I think some teams that – we expected to be where they're at and probably some teams that we might have expected a little bit more of so far this year. I mean, we were actually just in the office uh, a couple minutes ago talking about computer rankings and, and seeing where things are. And believe it or not, you know, Ursuline lost this week. It actually went up in the computer rankings uh, and or ahead of the team that they lost to uh, this past week as well. So, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting couple last week, especially with 16 teams getting in, some teams really fighting, struggling on the outside looking in, but, you know, could, could bump up there a spot or two. It's going to be interesting to see what happens these last two weeks. You know, I've, I've had a chance twice this year to see Hubbard T.C. Kathy play, and we're, we're hoping we will uh, against South Range in, in Week 10. And it's been a long time since somebody from the Valley might have been a potential candidate for Mr. Football, but the year he is having, that's a distinct possibility. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he has just been a, a, a man amongst boys, to be perfectly honest, so far this season. He's been fantastic. We talked to him before the year, and he was eyeing that school record, uh, you know, uh, the L.J. Scott record, and, and you kind of sit there and think, and you're like, can he do that? And he pretty much right away said that, yeah, I can do that. And He's absolutely a candidate for it. You know, in, in years past, we've had some guys real close, you know, both Rungard and Lynn Bowden and guys like that. But, I mean, it's tough to argue what TC has been doing this year for Hubbard. I mean, it's it's definitely looking like if he has a big couple weeks here that he could be rewriting the, the record book there at that school. Uh, he's about roughly 900 yards away from L.J. Scott's record with, you figure, two regular season games and uh, the possibility of, you know, who knows how many postseason games for Hubbard. And with the, uh, you know, the games that he's been having, 200-plus rushing yard games, I mean, you'd say that if he gets – they get four games, you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen with South Range because, you know, the, the Raiders are a great team. They're undefeated so far this year. Uh, they're in control. They're state-ranked number two in the AP poll. But Jefferson this just past week put up some points, and they did it on the ground and through the air. So that, to me, says that – Hubbard should be able to do that same thing. So maybe in that type of game, you're looking at maybe a shootout and he totes 200 on the ground. And if he does that against Niles too, then you're talking, he's only about 500 away from that. So if they get, if they get four or five games in the so two regular season, and if they make a little bit of a run in the playoffs, I think there's a, a very distinct possibility it could happen. 
When you look at uh, some of the other teams uh, in the area, and I don't want to exclude anybody, but we don't have enough time to talk about everyone, who are some of the other teams you think might be able to make a deep postseason run? I mean, I, I know I mentioned Ursuline a little bit before. I think that's a team that, again, just still sticks out. That division or that division four region 13 is pretty loaded. I mean, West Branch, Ursuline, Villangelo, St. Joe's, Salem, Beaver Locals won six straight. I mean, there's some really good teams in that uh, region 13. Uh, up in division two, I mean, I still I, I don't think people should be sleeping on Fitch right now. At four and three, they've dealt with the injury bug really, really bad the last several weeks. I think that's why you see some of those losses that kind of stood out, that, that 41-10 loss to Canfield. Canfield's very, very good, but I think Fitch makes that a, a much closer game if they're fully healthy. They were able to bounce back with Wadsworth. Obviously, Boardman this week in our game of the week. I mean, if they can get healthy at the right time, I think that's a team that you got to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, obviously, South Range and Division 5 that we've talked about. Uh, looking at computer points, Springfield is still is, is the top-ranked team in Region 21. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they seem to be picking things up there. I mean, I, again, how can you count a team that's been to a state championship game the last two years off running right now and are still 7-1 and one and, and tops in Region 21? You know, I like that game of the week that you're having so much that uh, I think I'll just make it our game of the week as well. So there's going to be a lot of coverage for that game. You know, great minds think alike, Mark. I mean, that's just what it what it comes down to. I mean, that, that's an old Steel Valley Conference rivalry. Boardman is again playing better football right now. I think after you know uh, they they had they had a little bit of a shutdown there uh, last week with with Ursuline uh, having that game canceled. You know, we'll see how they can bounce back with that. But when those two teams meet, it's usually a pretty darn good game. So I, I think that one should be a good one on Friday. And, and obviously, I don't know from your perspective, but uh, you never know. We may see each other again in Week 10, maybe at South Range. Who knows? I, I mean, I can't say anything officially, but I, you might, it, 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 it's possible. We'll put it up there. It's possible. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> yeah, especially if we've got two 9-0 teams going in, in into that matchup. And, you know, it's interesting because you look at these regions and there's that team that you feel like other teams have to get past. Like, obviously, we know how good Kirtland is. South Range is in that region. I mean, you've got Hubbard and Canfield in the same region, region Ursuline and West Branch. So, you know, there's a with the expanded playoffs, we could have a lot of local, local matchups the first couple of weeks. For sure. And you know what, Mark? It, it might come down to somebody who slips up. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think we're going to see – I don't want to put any guarantees out here, but I don't think we're going to see any one over – or any 16 over ones or anything like that. But as the year goes on, I mean, you know, there are teams that slip up in certain areas there. Maybe maybe a 12 knocks off, you know, a 6 or a 7 or, or even, you know, something better than that down the line if they if they end up going and, and reaching a, a Shorten who's ranked 2 right now in, in that Region 9 that you got me looking at right now. I mean, that's a loaded region region up top for Hubbard and Canfield and teams like that to get through. I mean, Dover, Shard, and Kenton. I mean, those are powerhouse teams that we've that we've also seen in, in parts of this year. You know, Ursuline's played Chardon this year in a D4 team, and they fell 36-27. So, you know, that that is a tough region to get through as well. 
You know, another team that I think is playing great football right now is in, in Division Two, and, and it's it's Warren Harding. Uh, you know, Coach Arnold's Raiders started off one and four, and after a broadcast, I said that might be the best one and four football team in Ohio. And since then, they beat St. V's, they beat Boardman, they beat Mooney, and they finished with Cheney and Fitch down the stretch, and they're fighting for a home game in the first round. Absolutely. And I, you know what? I think I, I it might have been that same week. I think I said the same thing to Coach Arnold myself. I mean, you by far the best one and four team in the in the state by all means. And you know what? Now they're starting to figure it out. I think early on in the year it was going to be interesting because I, I, Don Foster was playing quarterback and they moved the, they, they made the move to, to put Dallas Jet there and, and, and have Foster play on the outside and kind of do something that I think that he's not only just more comfortable with, but what he's going to be doing in his future as well. You know, that offense is scary. I mean, they are a darn good team. I, I remember being at that Ursuline game um, that Friday night. I mean, all intents and purposes, probably should have won that one, too. I mean, that was an absolute shootout, probably one of the games of the year, too. We're within three points from Maslin. We're within seven points of Hudson. I mean, Harding has been there. We talk about teams that have had maybe like the best strength of schedule in the area. I think it's Ursuline, but on Harding, on, on paper, too, that's a darn good schedule, too. Medina, Hudson, Maslin, Ursuline, St. V's. I mean, they are going to be playoff ready here in Week 11. Josh Traketics with us for a couple more minutes from the WKVN-TV Sports Department. And you mentioned when Coach Arnold made that move to put Dallas Jet in at quarterback. You know, he may not be the biggest player on the field, you know, 5'10", 5'11", probably, but when you find out the arm that that young man has as a junior, it feels like the entire field is in play for the Raiders, especially with the receivers that he has to throw to. And he's so shifty, too, which makes it so tough. I mean, it's not like it was when Lynn was there, but, I, I mean, with, with Jet, I mean, he's just – he lives up to that namesake. He is a Jet. I mean, it's, and it's tough to stop him because you don't really know – he gets those hips and shoulders moving one way and then just plants the foot and moves it the other way, and you're left in a cloud of dust there. And the kid's got a absolute cannon. And, again, like you said, Mark, when you got guys like Don Foster out there on the end, just heave it up there as far as you can and just let that kid go make a play. And we can't forget to talk about the other undefeated teams in the area with uh, Garrettsville, Garfield, and West Branch really playing good football. Absolutely. I, I was able to see West Branch a couple times so far this year. And, you know, you thought, how are they going to be able to overcome what they lost last year? And, I mean, my goodness, Trudy Shields is playing some good football all around. I mean, they got that offense pumping. The one problem is, is that, are they going to be able to stop some teams? I, I was at that Howland game where they let up 34 to Howland, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I, is the defense going to let them down in some certain spots? But in that same token, they've scored 60 twice this year and 40 a bunch of times. So I don't know if it's really going to matter if they can stop anybody. It's going to be, can anybody stop that offense? They've been going and, and just ticking. And, and Garfield's been outstanding, too. I haven't been able to see them in person, but I know they were in our game of the week earlier this year um, when they went up against Warren JFK. And they have also just been scoring at an alarming rate. they got a great running back there. And they have not been letting up many points per game this year. I think they've held teams to single digits uh, almost a half dozen times so far this year. 
No, I wonder. You probably speak to coaches more often than I do. At the In the preseason, we found out the playoffs were going to double to 16 teams. There wasn't one coach that I talked to that was really in favor of it or really liked the expanded playoffs. But I wonder if some coaches have changed their opinion now knowing that they've got a chance to take their team to the playoffs. I, I haven't. We haven't discussed it much since the prior part of the season, but I'm going to guess with two weeks left, and if you're on the cusp, I think you're liking the expanded playoffs just a little bit here at this point. I, I again, like you said, I, I didn't talk to one coach that really enjoyed it. I think the number's a little bit too high, personally myself. I like 12. I think that's a good number, but you know that's a separate topic for another conversation there. But I mean, if you're if you're sitting somewhere between 14 to 18 right now, I think that you're liking that you're getting 16 in, and then you can play some meaningful football there in Week 11. Finally, over the weekend, a history in the Valley with Bill Bourne getting that win for Matthews against uh, Ashtabula St. John for 300 wins. Yeah, I was able to catch up with Coach uh, at uh, Booster Field after they got back down from Spire in that game against St. John. And, and I mean, my goodness, he's, he's a great human being, a great man, a great leader, um, uh, a fantastic run that he's been able to go on. And it's, it's so cool. You know, I, I got to ask him, and, and you know, when you dive into his career and you see that he's been – you know, everywhere from Ottawa Glendorf to Bourbon to Butler, PA to, to Steubenville, just like kind of, you know, all across the state and just to know how many people's lives that he's touched and changed. I think that that's the, 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 the best thing for him that he gets out of it is, is being able to be that that guy that people lean on and, and try and teach these young kids to be young men and make that next step in, in, in their life. So uh, really happy for Coach Bourne uh, and uh, he's uh, – it's still going at this age and I, at that age, and I, I hope that when I get that old that I can still be kicking like that too because it is rather impressive. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. Appreciate it as always. Uh, we'll have to talk as we uh, dive into the playoffs with, I'm sure, a record number of local schools and uh, trying to avoid the raindrops as you're out covering all those games this weekend. <laughs> we were getting too lucky, Mark. We were getting too lucky all season without rain. I got soaked all weekend long. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the rain gods are with us this week. <laughs> That's our friend Josh Verkettik from the WKBN TV Sports Department as uh, he joins us to uh, preview and review the high school football season here in the Valley. Uh, we will give you our games one more time coming up after we take our final break. There is a chance both Friday and Saturday for some rain this weekend as we may be potentially heading back towards those fall temperatures that we are used to. But uh, we'll put a wraps on episode 33, let you know where we're going to be this weekend. And we'll have all of that for you coming up right after this. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Time to wrap up another edition of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio, episode 34 of season number two. Again, find us on Facebook, Twitter, download the Live 365 app or tune in or just check out our website. You should check it out anyway. That's westernreserveradio.com. Don't forget a uh, big thank you to our guest today, Josh Rakedic from the WKBN-TV Sports Department. 
and Brian Toner, Director of Golf and Recreation at Mill Creek Metro Parks. Our high school football games this weekend here on Western Reserve Radio. Jackson Milton at Springfield. So that will be a 6.35 pregame or 6.45 pregame. I was a little little early for that one. And then Tim Continanza and I will be at Boardman for Fitch and Boardman, a pair of four and three teams battling for the playoffs. Uh, Tim and I will join you at 6.40 for the pregame here on Western Reserve Radio 2 and on Sports Radio 12.40 for that one. As we are looking forward to heading towards the last couple weeks of the high school football season, because you know that means the big, big games are upon us for conference championships and playoff seating and Valley bragging rights, which are also still very, very important. As we wrap things up, as always, I want to remind you this show is available in podcast form. Just search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. Or follow me on Twitter, and we'll have the show up for you later on tonight. Just go to at Mark underscore means. That's M-A-R-C-M-E-A-N-S. That's going to do it for this week's edition of By All Means, brought to you by Milk Creek Golf Course. For executive producer Jim Craven, my name is Mark Means, and you've been listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio.